First Baptist Church of Athens offers daily devotions for the Lenten journey. These are personal stories given by members and come from their personal life and journey in faith. Real people sharing their joys and sorrows, doubts and convictions, fears, hopes, and gratitude. As you make your personal journey and choices during Lent, we hope their insights will bring you inspiration, encouragement, and discovery. The devotion today for day 11 of our Lenten journey is given by Alexis Jorgensen. Allow for the music to free your mind and open your heart to listen for God. When reflecting upon the idea of faith as a journey in my life, perhaps the most obvious and distinct time that stands out was my stint in college ministry after I finished at UGA. The journey to commit to an internship itself was tumultuous, more like Jonah fleeing from Nineveh than anything. Except my whale looked like a rigid seven-year plan, over a dozen PhD applications, and always a nagging pull to surrender all the control I thought I'd mastered at the ripe age of 22. So of course, when I finally said yes to a year at the Wesley Foundation, on some level, I naively assumed that my internal battle would subside into unending peace and joy for the next year. After all, the only challenge to quote-unquote doing the right thing had to be the first step. Fast forward to seven months into the job, and I was at the end of my rope. Don't get me wrong, I loved the people I worked with and most all of my job obligations, and I had already decided to stay for another year. But even with the deeply satisfying and purposeful work I felt called to, I was burning out in a blaze of glory. I was sleep deprived from staying late at work events most nights. I was living so far below the poverty line, my friends were practically crowdfunding to make sure I ate regularly. And I was so over my skis trying to lead college kids in their spiritual walk while feeling like I was spiritually unraveling. I was the Schrodinger's cat of ministry workers, simultaneously flying high and drowning beneath the waves. So there I was, in the messiest middle I had ever experienced in my faith journey, and I found myself both angry and desperate for God. I sat in the middle of the tape ballroom before a service one night, pleading with God to help me understand why I was struggling so much. I remember crying out in equal parts heartbreak and fury, Lord, I've done everything I was supposed to. I've been obedient in going into ministry. I've spent hours a day in prayer and learning. I've given up most of my waking time serving others. I've signed up for all of the healing prayer and discipleship they'll give me. And still, 
I feel so burdened. I physically can't stand up straight most days. Why does it just feel worse? Why won't you heal me? What more do I have to do? And then, in God's goodness, things clicked in. More specifically, another coworker came to me in what felt like a true act of divine intervention and gave me a word I desperately needed to hear. That I didn't need to do enough to earn my way into the presence and healing of the Lord. And God wanted to be with me before I was good enough. I had been clawing tooth and nail to build up enough credit to warrant God's help, all while rejecting the unconditional grace the Lord had for me during that time. It was like a patient trying to stitch themselves up before going to the hospital in hopes that a doctor would then treat them and add to the mix the guilt and shame for being injured in the first place. A pretty miserable formula. And as obviously misguided as it felt after this revelation, the doer in me hadn't known any other option. I had spent the prior month surrounded by near-constant talk of how Jesus flipped everything on its head when he came to redeem the world, and yet it was hard to truly metabolize until my own situation was revealed. The power and grace of Jesus was that he did not call disciples to just do better or try harder to be more like him, but he empowered them out of an overflow of his love and goodness. Likewise, God did not expect me to bootstrap my way into deserving God's presence, a truly unattainable goal. Rather, I had the freedom to accept the invitation and believe in the radical desire of God to have a relationship without mere transactional motivations. What a difference. Of course, I was still responsible for my job and the ministry work, and I certainly wanted to keep doing what I believed I was called to. But the order of operations was backwards now. I got to work out of confidence and gratitude for the Lord's presence in my life, rather than attempting to work my way into favor. And when this shift in understanding finally took hold, it felt like all of me had permission to exhale for the first time. And here I am now, all these years later, still reflecting on the difference between working for God and working to get to God. It would be nice to sit here today and say I've never slipped back into that old mindset, But I think part of my human nature is the tendency for poor recollection in remembering what the Lord has done, and often an anxiety that it surely won't happen again. Which means it's a practice for me to continuously check in and actively engage with what I know of God. That there will always be an invitation to give and serve and pour out. But as I continue to journey with the Lord, I want to remember that there is also an invitation to rest and embrace the unearned presence of God. Let us pray. God, we come to you in awe and thanks that you would desire us as we are, without earning or striving in fear. Thank you for the hope we may have in Jesus to commune with you, and help us consider our own instances in which we may have peace within your character and your invitation to us all. Amen. Amen.